Good morning uh, and welcome to a Tuesday morning edition on March the 8th of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain, and with our usual Tuesday morning guest, whom we're very fortunate to have with us this morning, Dr. J.B. Hickson. And uh, J.B., welcome aboard again this morning, and I've got to tell you, I am super, duper excited about what we're about to do today. and, and if you don't mind me letting the cat out of the bag just a little bit, uh, I'm going to show the folks a few whiskers here. We are getting ready to announce something very exciting uh, that, that I think that you're all going to enjoy. JB has written volume one of a new two, probably two or three volumes. Is it two volume or three volume, JB? Well, we're starting out with two and we'll see where, where it goes from there. Depends okay, if the so, happens or not. Okay. So it's going to right now be a two volume series. Um, and I'm going to let him tell you what the title is, but boy, what a series this is going to be. Um, JB, what's the title of this book? I mean, I know already, but Please tell us. (laughs) You are so kind, Curtis. Uh, Yeah, so uh, we are premiering uh, my book, Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception, uh, on March 21st. That's when it hits the market and will go on sale. Uh, We're going to be premiering it on the David Fiorazzo Stand Up for the Truth radio show, which I'm on once a month. And uh, so be sure and tune in that morning. You can uh, you know, listen to that live through uh, through their uh, website there. Uh, I think it's Q90 FM or something, but uh, we'll probably send out a email alert to all the Not By Works family, but, uh, uh, and then it'll be a podcast uh, later that morning, we'll upload it. But we're going to be talking all about the book that day and on, as we premiere it and kind of giving you some highlights. But this book, uh, Curtis, is really 15 years in the making. You know, I first woke up to the reality of the Luciferian conspiracy about 15 years ago, I tell that story in the introduction to the book. And, um, and then I've been just studying it and researching it through the lens of scripture ever since. Uh, my first attempt to really uh, dive into this subject was my 2012 book, The Great Last Day's Deception, Exposing yes. New World Order Agenda. And then, of course, I've done some video series on it, including one by the same name as this new book, uh, the 18-part video series, Spirit of the Antichrist, which we yes. did a couple of years ago. Uh, but this book is much broader and more in-depth. Uh, the reason we're doing it in two volumes is we just couldn't, uh, couldn't fit it all in one. It would have been an enormous book, uh, six or 700 pages. Uh, but it's uh, packed with uh, 300 pages of research. It's got uh, almost 40 pages of bibliographic entries. So all the sources are cited. Um, and we deal with, uh, first of all, the spirit of the Antichrist biblically and what the Bible has to say about that and how it fits into God's end times program. But then we get into manifestations of the spirit of the Antichrist and we deal with uh, subjects like the COVID-19 pandemic. I have 50 Mm -hmm. pages on that, exposing it uh, in great detail with with the facts uh, and showing that it was a pre-planned agenda as part of the Luciferians. And so uh, geoengineering, we talk about the Hegelian dialectic, false flags, the eugenics movement and the history of it in the United States and what the government is still doing to, to kill people. Uh, just, a, just a power-packed uh, book. And I, I, I think the message is one that is especially urgent 
uh, for a time such as this. And so I'm hoping uh, that it will get out there and get uh, you know in the hands of a lot of people. Uh, if anyone would like to get uh, multiple copies, maybe to to give away or to have in your Bible study or something like that, um, you can contact me directly through Not By Works, and we can certainly look at discounts. But it's on sale for pre-orders now. Uh, it hit the pre-order market yesterday, and uh, we uh, are seeing a great response already. Uh, if you order it today, it will you'll be in the first shipment of books that go out that morning, March 21st. And uh, so, yeah, check it out. Uh, the easiest way to find it is uh, just go to Spirit of the Antichrist, all one word, spiritoftheantichrist.org, and that'll link you right to the homepage for that book uh, on our website and tell you how to order it online. And uh, uh, yeah, just want to spread the word about it and uh, more to come on that in the coming weeks as we roll this out. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm excited about it, JB. Uh... I know that, that a lot has gone into uh, the creation of this book. Like you said, 15 years worth of research and study. And uh, let me tell you something. Uh, I, I am I'm very excited for people to see this. This is uh, uh, this is something like, like you said, you you kind of really awakened to the Luciferian conspiracy about 15 or about 12 years ago. Is that what you said? About 15 or so. Yeah, about 2000. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know exactly how you got, and I'm, uh, I'm sure that, that it's detailed in the book, how you got kind of turned on to that particular subject matter. I'm sure you made a couple of discoveries that shocked you, and, uh, and that kind of spurred you on. I mean, I can understand that. And uh, a lot of folks don't realize that all the things that are happening in the world today are tied together, uh, and it's part of a plan. Right. And, uh, and, and it's, it's, it's like a two pronged plan. God has a plan and Satan has a plan to destroy that plan. He's going to try, but he can't. Um, but when you see clearly this battle between good and evil, uh, you begin to realize that all of this stuff is interrelated. And I know that you're going to detail that in this book and that's what makes it so exciting. It's going to be great information for people. It really is. Yeah, and a lot of people watched our uh, video series, uh, Spirit of the Antichrist, but this, is, this goes way beyond that. Uh, in fact, um, there, if you look in the bibliography, you'll notice there's several sources uh, cited that are from 2021 and 2022 even. Uh, oh, yeah. So it's much more current. It updates a lot of information from that and deals with some subjects that we didn't deal with in there. And, um, you know, it's uh, the, the uh, you know, I tell the story in the introduction of how I first went down this, this rabbit hole, and it's pretty fascinating, but I got to tell you, it is something that uh, is thoroughly biblical. In fact, I talk about in the book uh, uh, the, the origin of the term conspiracy theory. And, and yes. from and I document that it's actually a creation of the CIA. Uh, it's a section of the book called the Conspiracy Theory Conspiracy. And um, so, you know, today people say, you know, what's the difference between a conspiracy theory and the truth? Uh, well, about six months, you know, and that's uh, <laughs> probably <laughs> yeah. true. You know, uh, a yes, lot sir. of people are waking up today to the reality and some of the stuff that I've been talking about at conferences for a long time. Uh, has is now more mainstream, and I, I tell some anecdotes in the in certain chapters there as I'm talking about a particular subject about how 
you know, I would speak on that subject and it would be censored, you know, that the conferences mm -hmm. would delete it from the DVD or they would come up to me afterwards and said, man, that was great, but I didn't, that one section, I don't know if I really buy that or not, you know, but uh, nowadays uh, people are begging me to speak on those, on those subjects. And so yeah. uh, it's really, uh, I think something that um, is going to be a, a tool to use, to be used by the Lord. And most importantly, at the end of this uh, first volume, I have an epilogue where I give the gospel clearly uh, so that uh, if unbelievers read this book, and I hope they do, because it will awaken them just like believers to the reality that is hidden in plain sight, yes. uh, and they'll, they'll hear the gospel, and the gospel is the power of God to salvation, and the Holy Spirit hopefully will convict them of their need for a Savior. Amen, amen, and uh, I'm going to give you a triple amen on that, uh, and so there you have it, folks. Uh, this is an exciting thing. This is a, a momentous occasion, and uh, you're going to want to get this book entitled The Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception, Volume 1. It's going to be released on March the 21st, but you can pre-order it by visiting notbyworks.org and uh, or spiritoftheantichrist.org, correct? Jamie? Yep, all one word. All right. All you've got to do is visit one of those two links. You will be able to pre-order this fascinating and enlightening and, and really, this is going to be an exciting book to read, um, especially if you're a believer. It's going to, it's going to help you tie some information together that, that, uh, that will make great sense to you scripturally. And uh, you, you'll be able to uh, share this with, with a lot of folks, and uh, we hope that you do. So go to one of those two links right now, get this book before it sells out. I'm certain that it probably will. Um, and, you know, that leads us into today's subject, too, JB. Uh, what we're going to be talking about on the podcast today kind of ties in with the release of this book, Um Gee, what a coincidence. Uh, <laughs> one would think we actually had this planned, but we did not. Uh, our subject matter today is uh, we're going to actually be talking about a very, very real pandemic. Uh, one that, that doesn't make the headlines every day, but it's a part of each and every one of our lives, whether we like it or not. And... Uh, that pandemic is as real as uh, a flu pandemic or some of the other, uh, like smallpox when it was a pandemic and polio. This thing is far more dangerous than any of those viral pandemics. Or all of them put together. Or And Pastor says, or all of them put together. And he's absolutely right. The pandemic we're talking about is sin, isn't it, JB? Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. We have uh, 50 pages on the uh, fake COVID pandemic, what I call the control of virus scamdemic. Uh, but uh, this pandemic we're talking about on today's program wasn't uh, manufactured by Anthony Fauci and Bill Gates. This right. is something that we brought on ourselves, and it's called yes. sin. And, um, you know, it's interesting the types of uh, manifestations of the spirit of the Antichrist that we cover in, uh, in this book are all rooted in the same root cause, and that is sin. And uh, sin is a universal problem. Uh, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 7.20 that there's not a righteous man on earth who does what is right and never sins. Uh, Paul said in Romans 3.10, for all 
or 310, uh, there's none righteous, no, not one. And 323, yep. for all have sinned and fall, fallen short of the glory of God. So uh, sin uh, is a very real problem. And, and the fact is, most people understand that, but they just don't really know how to articulate it or what to do with it. You know, I mm -hmm. think every human being, Paul tells us this in Romans 2, has a conscience and is aware that somehow we don't measure up to the standard of holiness that, that the creator of the universe has. Uh, and yet we just are, are so sold under sin and it affects our very thinking, uh, our minds. The Bible calls that the noetic, noetic effects of sin, meaning it uh, affects the way we think. Um, so we just, we end up sort of swirling around in this body of death and this sinful world and in this sinful condition. And we have tried for six, mankind has tried for 6,000 years, many different solutions. You know, uh, we've tried to just work harder, do better. We've tried self-help programs. We've tried false religions, mysticism, new age, demonic influence. We've tried all sorts of ways to address this sort of unseen yet very clearly manifested uh, pandemic of yeah. uh, sin. And, and the Bible gives the solution uh, to that problem, and it's the only solution. Um, and so, uh, you know, often when I do funerals, I'll, I'll talk about the reality of sin, and especially if it's a believer, we can always give assurance and hope to those left behind when a loved one goes to be in the arms of our Savior, that because they knew the Lord and, and their sin penalty was dealt with, we know we're going to see them again. Amen. So uh, what you've probably heard me say before, probably on, on this very podcast, is people need to understand that if, if you're born only once, you're going to die twice. Yes. But if you're, if you're born twice, you're going to only have to face one death, and that's a physical death. So there are two kinds that's of right. death. There are actually more usages of the word death than that in Scripture, but for our purposes today, there are really two deaths that matter. There's the physical death that is the cause of sin. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, it brought physical death into the world. Had they not sinned, they would still be there today with their children and their children's children, and their children's children's children, and it would be this perfect utopian life in the garden, fellowshipping with the Creator. Right. But when they sinned, it brought physical death into the world. And so uh, the wages of sin is death, the Bible says. That's right. Uh, and uh, sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death, James tells us. Yep. So there's physical death, and every human being, if the Lord tarries is coming, will face that physical death. We will all go the way of all flesh, uh, yep. dust to dust, ashes to ashes, and uh, this physical body will go to the grave or wherever it goes after we go to be with the Lord if we know the Lord. So physical death is a reality. Someone has said life's ultimate statistic is the same for every human being. Yep. One out of one dies, okay? Yeah, um, yeah. So, but there's also a spiritual death that is the result of sin. And that is that sin not only brought 
you know, the, the physical death, but it separated us spiritually from a holy God. That's right. It meant that, you know, we, we cannot spend eternity with our heavenly father in heaven because God cannot be in the presence of sin. And That's so right. there's this great gulf fixed between us and God because of sin. And like I said, for millennia, people have uh, sought in vain to try to remedy this sin problem. And, uh, but just like the, you know, big pharma, which I talk about in the, in the book, you know, the, you can't gather together the best scientists in the world and hastily throw together a, a uh, vaccine against a SARS cov virus there's never been one for sars cov one and there never will be a severe acute respiratory syndrome vaccine uh, right. and in fact what they are passing off as a vaccine as i demonstrate uh in the book and we've talked about on christian underground news network oh yes the vaccine it's a gene editing bioinjection and experimental at that but uh, similarly when it comes to the epidemic or the pandemic of sin you can gather the most intelligent scientists, theologians, uh, experts, you name it, get them in a room together and they can spend days and weeks and months together and they'll never come up with a solution to man's sin problem because it's not something we can solve on our own. Right. So right. man's greatest need is God's greatest gift. And Amen. we owe a debt we can never pay. So God had to pay a debt we could never you know, that he didn't owe, right? That's right. And so that's the, that's the redemptive story. That's what separates, uh, Curtis, uh, the Christ Christianity from every other religion on the face of the earth. Absolutely right. You, I can, you know, people study pagan religions and alternate religions. They call it, you know, worldview studies and so forth. There have been whole books written about Islam and Buddhism and Hinduism and New Age and mysticism and all these pagan religions. Look, yep. I can save you some money and not have to buy that book or take those courses. I can summarize the teaching of every other religion in two words. Every other religion teaches this, try harder. That's try harder, I mean. yeah. Do better, try harder. Yeah, it's, it's up to you. Yeah. Work it out, yep. Work it out. Yeah, be, be better, you know. And, uh, of course, the problem is sin uh, is not something that is quantifiable on a list it's not like someday when you die god looks at your list of sins and as long as it's not that long he's going to say okay come on in yeah or this is acceptable list is shorter than everyone else's he's going to say wow you did pretty good come on in yeah god doesn't grade on the curve you know no, he does not eternity is not about it's not like an sat score right so right you, you might be in the 99th percentile mm -hmm. um, but that's not good enough um, it's not. Jesus said in Matthew 5 48, you've got to be perfect, right? Yes. That's an interesting passage, by the way. He's it's in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapters five through seven, and he's he's basically uh exposing the self-righteous hypocrisy of the Pharisees. Right. And at one point, I think it's Matthew 5 17, if I remember, he says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees you'll never get into the kingdom. And he's sort of making a case here. He doesn't end with that because obviously yes. 
if he had ended with that, then people might think, well, wow, that's a pretty high standard because those Pharisees are, they've dotted all their I's and crossed all their T's and we may not like them, but boy, they had it together. And if that's what it takes for me to get to heaven is to exceed that, well, I'm just going to have to, you know, pull myself up by my bootstraps and uh, tighten my harness and try a little harder. But he doesn't end there. He's sort of making the case. But when he said that, that your righteousness has to be better than theirs to get into the kingdom, I'm sure there were gasps and, uh, you know, verbal responses from the crowd on the hillside that day, because they couldn't imagine getting it together even more than them. Yeah, but, there was no other higher human standard than that. Right, yeah, they they had, they had kept all 613 of the Jewish laws, and they prayed the loud prayers, and had the huge phylacteries around their neck, and they, you know, yeah. they, they were very ostentatious in their outward uh, appearance of righteousness. Mm -hmm. But Jesus' whole point was righteousness is not external, it's internal. Amen. And the righteousness that heaven demands is perfect righteousness. And no amount of earthly righteousness can ever attain perfect righteousness. That's right. Tainted by sin. And so that's why in that same chapter, he goes on to conclude, you must be perfect as the heavenly father is perfect. And so that's what God's redemptive plan is all about. When we sinned, uh, God immediately took the first step to remedy the situation. See, people, uh, I think, misunderstand what happened in the garden. They often think that, that God was sort of playing some kind of sadistic game or something, like he, he put this little carrot out there, and then, you know, we took the bait, and so he said, see, I told you so. Well, that's not it at all. They have a complete if you think that, you have a complete misunderstanding about what happened. God created mankind in his image. We are the highest pinnacle of creation. He loves us unconditionally, and he wanted to protect us from harm. See, God had to give us a choice because that's part of the image of God in man is more yes. free will. And that's if right. we had just been created with no choice, then we would be uh, robots, right? So he created right. a choice, but then knowing that we had free will, he warned us because he was looking out for us, just like a loving parent would look after their child. Yeah. Like, don't touch the hot stove. Don't play in the street, right? Yeah. So, but what did we do? After he warned us not to eat of it, we went over and took a great big bite and that brought sin on the world. Now, yeah. God at that point could have, you know, sat back and said, well, see, I told you so. Now, what are you going to do? Tough luck, you know? Yeah. Blew it. You're out there. But he didn't. He, he yeah. took the next extraordinary step of helping rescue us from a predicament of our own making. Yeah. And yeah. That is, he sent his eternal son, the God man, to earth, who lived a perfect, holy, sinless life, tempted in every way, just as we are. He was fully human, yet he never sinned. Yeah, he was the only one who has never sinned. Absolutely. The only human being who's never sinned. And he was not born in sin either, right? That's, right? That's the whole point of the virgin birth. That's right. Sin is passed down through the blood. Uh, we don't we don't become sinners when we sin. Right. We sin because we're sinners, and that's what sinners yeah. do. Yeah, it's like uh, Les Feldick once said, we're, we're not sinners because we break the law. We break the law because we're sinners. That's exactly right. And David said, 
that in the minute he was conceived uh, in the womb, from that moment of conception, he was in need of redemption. He was a sinner. Oh, absolutely, yes. So we are born in sin. Uh, uh, Ephesians 2, 1 says we've been born dead in our trespasses and sins. Right. So it's really interesting, you know, you're born dead spiritually. <laughs> um, you know, tragically, we, we, we're familiar with uh, people's uh, babies who die at birth, stillborn, things like that. That's physical death. But a yes. much greater tragedy is the fact that everyone is born spiritually dead. And yes. there's only one way to remedy that. And so back to Jesus Christ, the perfect God, man, somebody had to pay the price for sin, which is death. Uh, mm -hmm. in, uh, in, in fact, let me read this. I'll have to look it up real quick. But in Genesis 2, 16, God told us, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. Now listen, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely, what? Die. Yeah. And then that's why the passages we've talked about, Romans 6, 23 and others, go on to reiterate the fact that we are spiritually uh, dead and that death has, that payment has to be made. Somebody, you know, has to take the penalty upon themselves. And, you know, as much as I love you, Curtis and Pastor Dick, I, I don't have any room on my shoulders to pay for your sin debt because right. I have my own sins to worry about. Right. Same here. I mean, it works both ways. We don't have room. Yeah. We, we I mean, can't carry that burden. No, nobody can. And because every human being is in the same predicament for Absolutely. all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But for as by one man, sin entered into the world. And so death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Amen. That's Romans 5.12. Let's say that again, because I think I talked over you a bit there at the beginning, but that's a powerful verse that people need to hear. Yeah. So then, or wherefore, by one man, that's Adam, sin entered, uh, wherefore, by one man, sin entered the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. So, right. so you know, Adam is kind of the first figurehead of, of Humanity is a historical human being, Adam and Eve, but in Romans 5, Paul contrasts the first Adam with the second Adam, Jesus Christ. And yes. the difference is Jesus Christ was not born in sin, nor did he ever sin. He is without sin. And therefore, when he went to the cross, he could pay the sin debt for the whole world, right? Uh, yeah. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life so so jb uh, forgive me here but i mean so so sin uh, in, in its in its truest definition is uh, an inherited human condition isn't it absolutely yep and there's nothing you can do to avoid the sin nature when you're born into it correct correct in fact uh the, the theological definite or uh, title of that or description of that is total depravity. Total depravity. Total depravity. Now, total depravity in a Calvinist scheme, oh. is total inability. They have, they redefine it. It's not biblical. They say that mankind does not have a choice, and you couldn't believe the gospel if you wanted to. Uh, God has to force you to believe it, uh, and only the elect will believe it. But let me give you a more accurate biblical definition of total depravity. And this comes from Charles Ryrie, who was a mentor and friend of mine. And I think he says it well. He says, total depravity 
does not mean that everyone is as thoroughly depraved in his actions as he could possibly be, nor that everyone will indulge in every form of sin, nor that a person cannot appreciate and even do acts of goodness. But total depravity does mean that the corruption of sin extends to all men and to all parts of all men, so that there is nothing within, <clears throat> nothing within the natural man that can give him merit in God's sight. Amen, yeah. words, we are totally depraved. We cannot earn God's favor. We have nothing to give. Uh, and even though you know, unbelievers have an internal sense of conscience and they sometimes do nice things, I mean, I, I served uh, for a short time, about three years, in a, a mountain area, rural mountain area that was filled with great people. Most of them were lost as a goose spiritually, but they were good people. They had good hearts. They were trying to do nice things. But sadly, uh, a lot of them never believed the gospel. And so their righteous acts, as Isaiah the prophet says, were, were like filthy rags to a holy God right. because of total depravity. They were totally corrupt and, and didn't even realize they were self-deceived and blinded. Um, so really the first step in overcoming this pandemic of sin is to recognize that you're a sinner and that your sin consigns you to an eternity in a literal place of torment called hell, and that the only remedy for that is to receive the free gift paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son and our Savior, who died for your sins and rose from the dead. And if Amen. you trust in him to save you, the Bible teaches in Romans that in that precise moment, Christ's perfect righteousness is charged to your account. Yes. Uh, big fancy word is imputed. Yes. But it's, it's reckoned or charged to our account so that from that point on, from the moment of faith, when God looks at us, uh, we are covered in and clothed in uh, Christ's righteousness. Uh, Paul said in Romans 5.1, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So justified means to be declared righteous. So righteousness isn't something you earn it's something you're given and right. and it's a, an act of god and only god can do it uh to declare you righteous and that that uh, that idea of reckoned to your account is is like an accounting term it's like a deposit is made if you will so you know if you were to wake up one day and and check your bank account and see there's a million dollars in there and you did nothing to earn it, it wasn't a paycheck, you didn't know it was coming, all of a sudden it was just there, then, uh, you know, that's a great blessing. Now, as a side note, I'm, yeah. I'm afraid with the way the world's going, sometime, someday we're going to wake up, check our bank accounts, and it's all going to be gone. Yeah, probably. That's another story. We'll talk about <laughs> Antichrist in the book. Might be able to hear, read a little bit about that in your book. Exactly. But that's what happened. Now, that it uh, the analogy breaks down only because it's not something that happens uh you know automatically we're not going to just automatically be declared righteous by god we do have to do one thing there's one condition for 
eternal life that's repeated, you know, hundreds of times in the scripture, and that is faith. So uh, forced uh, love is not love at all. In fact, forced love is hate. And so God is love, First John tells us, and he has made available the free gift of eternal life. Uh, Revelation tells us, whosoever will let him come drink freely of the water of life. Uh, Romans 3.24 says we are justified freely by his grace. So it's totally free, but it's not forced upon us. You have to respond. Uh, like every gift, a gift has to be received if you're going to take ownership of it. Right? Yeah, you have to accept a gift yeah. in order for it to be a gift. Like I'm going to send you a copy of my book, uh, Curtis, but if when it arrives, if you tell the postman, no thanks, send it back, return to sender, I don't want it. I mean, I can't force you to take it. I mean, I can't right. drive all the way to Illinois and kick down your door and force it into your hands and duct tape it to your wrists. I mean, I can't force you to take a gift. A gift, by its very definition, has to be willingly received. That's right. And so that's the the sad eventuality of this pandemic of sin is that there will be millions of people who stand before the great white throne judgment someday facing any a Christless eternity in a literal place of torment called the everlasting lake of fire. And in that moment, they will realize the remedy was right there. There's for the, yeah. they would have just trusted in Jesus Christ and him alone for salvation they and it's only there's only one remedy right there this is the only cure for sin yeah exactly there's not multiple uh, cures you know we had multiple uh you know fact of uh, big pharma companies that were given literally trillions of dollars by donald trump in operation warp warp speed and by the way some of those took the money and to this day have still never produced the alleged vaccine yeah yeah right pfizer and uh, uh, Astra, AstraZeneca, and we have, uh, I can't even think of them all, uh, a few that put out the mRNA vaccine. Moderna. Yeah. Moderna and Johnson and yep. Johnson. <laughs> yep. And some of the other technology as well. But some of the big uh, companies that were part of Operation Warp Speed never did uh, produce uh, a vaccine. But the, the distinction between the alleged pandemic of COVID-19 and the pandemic of sin is that there's only one remedy. Right. And that's faith alone in Christ alone. Uh, and uh, only God can rescue us from this, uh, um, you know, uh, you know, predicament that we got ourselves in of our own free choice. Boy, I'll tell you what, I mean, it, uh, so well explained. Uh, and, and really, even though it sounds very complicated, uh to, to a lot of folks it's actually one of the most simple concepts that uh that is present in god's word uh this is an inherited human condition uh it was caused by the first man and the first woman ever created because they chose uh some they chose the wrong thing they chose sin over eternal life and uh and so uh we inherited that condition from them and it's passed to every human being that it's as simple as that that's what makes this a pandemic of, of uh, unmatched proportion universal yeah it is a universal pandemic and you know i hope it wasn't confusing because uh 
I certainly try to uh, to to make it clear, but uh, let me let me sort of summarize uh, and conclude with uh, again making it as simple as I can. The gospel can be stated in ten words or less. It's that simple. Christ yes. died for our sins and rose from the dead, and yes. it's so simple that a child can understand it. Amen. Uh, that's why Jesus repeatedly said, "Let the little children come unto me." Um, and, and unless you, you know, become like a little child in your faith, you mm -hmm. can't see the kingdom. See, children understand what it means to trust because yes. they trust every day for food and shelter and clothing, and they trust their parents or whoever they live with uh, for the basic necessities of life. But adults, the older we get, the more self-sufficient we become and the more pride takes over. And we begin mm -hmm. to think, I don't need help. I don't need anybody. And mm -hmm. I can solve this problem on my own. And so yeah. it's very difficult for some people. And Jesus talks about this when he talks about the rich man and the eye of the needle going, the camel going through the eye of the needle. What he's saying there is for those who think they have no need, it's very difficult to be saved. That's right. But the one thing that we all have to do is the same, whether it's the, the trillionaire the oligarch or the pauper on the street. That's right. We all have to come to the place where we say, nothing in my hand I bring, simply yeah. to the cross I cling, and I'm trusting in Jesus Christ for salvation. That's right. So That's right. If you're listening to the program today and you've not done that, let me put out an urgent plea. Be reconciled to God today by faith. Amen. Uh, it's not something that you have to do publicly. You don't have to walk an aisle or sign a card or raise a hand. It's a simple matter of faith between you and the Lord. And so you come to the Lord and, and express faith by saying something like, you know, Lord, I know I'm a sinner and I cannot save myself. So I'm trusting in Jesus Christ and his work on the cross to save me. And however you articulate that, when you have placed your faith in Christ for salvation, in that instantaneous millisecond, you become a child of God. You pass from death to life and shall never come into judgment, as Jesus said. And uh, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Your, your Christ's righteousness is given to you so that you're covered in the perfect righteousness that heaven requires. You're adopted into the family of God. You're reconciled to a holy God. Uh, all of those, the Holy Spirit permanently takes up residence within you, and you, uh, you, you are saved. So Amen. I hope you'll do that today. And then maybe next week, Curtis, because there's more to say about this uh, epidemic of sin, this pandemic of sin. Oh, much more. Even though we might trust in Christ for salvation and, and deal with the, the eternal penalty of sin, there are still the practical aspects of sin while we're on this earth. And uh, that's what the Bible calls sanctification. And how do Christians, those who've already received the free gift of eternal life, how do we deal with the ongoing pressures of sin all around us? And so maybe that's something we can talk about next week. Let's do it then. Let's, let's, let's do a part two to this series. Um, uh, sin, the real pandemic, and it's only cure. We'll do part two next Tuesday. How's that sound? Amen. I love it. Yep. All right. Uh, uh, me too. I'm, I'm, I can hardly wait to get the next Tuesday. Uh, so, uh, but listen, until then, we've got a lot of stuff to do, JB. Uh, we've got, we've got a, the word to get out on this new book 
And uh, I, I want to do this again before we before we call it a, a show for today. I want to remind people, you need to get J.B. Hickson's new book, Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception, Volume 1. And you can get it by going to notbyworks.org. And you can pre-order the book there. It will go on sale officially March the 21st, but you can get your order in early. I recommend you do it. Yes. So notbyworks.org, or you can go to spiritoftheantichrist.org and, and buy the book directly there. You can pre-order it directly there. I recommend you do it. It's going to be great information that you are going to find extremely valuable. You don't want to miss it. Also, I want to remind our listeners that if you like what JB writes, and I'm sure that you do, if you've read any of his stuff, uh, <laughs> the pastor says, oh boy, do we ever. Uh, then you'll... I'm pretty sure I agree with most of what I've written. Um, <laughs> this is my 10th book, by the way. So it's, uh, it's yeah. a pretty, uh, pretty good milestone. And But I think this is by far the most important uh, and topic wise of anything I've addressed before. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It, it is an important book. Uh, and uh, if you like the way he writes and, and uh, you're really going to love the way he preaches from the pulpit at Plum Creek Chapel of Sedalia, Colorado, you can also live stream his Sunday morning uh, services at 9 and 1030 a.m. Mountain Time. And you can also live stream his Wednesday night services at 6 p.m., I believe, Mountain Time on notbyworks.org. So be sure and visit and live stream those services. You won't want to miss those either. So listen, JB, thank you once again uh, for a very, very well-explained, informative hour on, on sin the real pandemic. And uh, we're going to make this recording part one, and we will finish up with part two next weekend, correct? Amen. Sounds great. Thank you guys so much. It's always a pleasure. Yes, sir. Uh, it's always a pleasure for us too, and our listeners are are truly enjoying it. By the way, I wanted to, I might as well just share this now. Uh, we've added, a, uh, we, we now have 40, count them, 40 foreign countries now tuning in to the Christian Underground News Network. And the latest addition to our listener list is the country of Turkey. Mm. So we want to welcome our listeners in Turkey, wherever they may be. I don't know what area of Turkey is listening. Uh, we don't have that data yet. Hopefully that'll come through soon. But to our listeners in Turkey, as well as the 39 other countries that have tuned in, we welcome you to the Christian Underground News Network. And we hope you're being blessed by what you hear. Amen. Uh, so uh, another reminder, we, we have another podcast coming up this Saturday with Pastor Dick in the morning and Lucas Doremus Saturday evening at 7 p.m. So be sure to turn in, tune in uh, and be with us for those. Uh, so, JB, thank you once again, sir. That's right. And we'll see you again next Tuesday. And until then, this is the Christian Underground News Network signing off. May God bless and keep you. We'll see you soon.